tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. What are you doing? Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Yeah, <laughs> joining me in seat two, you know, is the love of the young Christian warrior, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? Uh, you know, we don't smoke the same. It's shooting up the charts. It's blowing up, dude. For sure. And on the ones and twos, the man with the big foot. Everyone loves him. Johnny Woodard, a.k.a. Johnny Nice. What's happening? Johnny, send me a picture of your pregnant foot. Ooh, Damn. It's bad, right? Bad. Yeah, and that's a week after. And that's just happened. walking, Johnny. He wasn't right. He wasn't trying to stop a fucking bus that had a bomb on it or no, anything no. like that. That was two steps. That, that was what two steps. steps did to me. Yeah. Your Johnny's foot, got more foot swollen? is pregnant. It's pregnant. Did your dude. dick? Well, it's not more swollen. It's, yeah. just, it's just Johnny's bad. in the foot jobs. Uh, <laughs> it's, less, it's, it's less swollen than it was. Johnny likes to give foot jobs, don't you, Johnny? <laughs> it looked like there was a softball on that. Damn guys, uh, a lot of things are going on here. I don't know if you guys have heard. We are now offering ads-free shows. Ad-free shows uh, available exclusively on patreon.com slash tinfoil hat. If you guys hate the reads and all that stuff, well, you know what, man? Uh, we're trying to make a business. I'm trying to get so everybody can focus on the show full time and that uh, people have to be able to pay their bills. So, But if you really don't want to listen to them anymore, we, we've heard your cries and we're offering them uh, on the patreon.com slash Tinfoil hat, $5, make you holler, okay? That's where that's at. A month, you get all the episodes that we do, which is usually anywhere from 8 to 12 uh, ads free, okay? Boom, there you go. And check out the uh, the Patreon. I'm killing it on there, okay? Uh, also, I have a, uh, a spiritual podcast called Zero. It is available exclusively on Rockfin. It is a great way to deal with the chaos. And this episode we're about to do... Let me tell you something. This is exactly what Zero is. If you love this stuff, you should check out Zero because that's the conversations that we're having. It's like we're all very special people. You need to understand that. You're a, you know, you can call it paganism, whatever you want. It, you are a god and you're having a human experience and you have to understand that so you can, you can harness your power. And she was on episode number 45 on Zero. So if you're trying to get a little bit more, go to Zero.com. Great job, forty-five. Xavier was on fire today. He has some dumb stuff and then some powerful <laughs> stuff. Uh, but it was a really great episode. I you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, Johnny, Broken Simulation, are people still loving it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going really well. We're going to move that over to the Tinfoil Hat uh, YouTube feed. So if you want to watch that, it'll be on the channel you're subscribed to. Yeah, go to uh, uh, already, hopefully. And uh, if you want to check out rockfin.com slash greatest, R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash greatest. We have our sports podcast and 
We have some exciting stuff coming up on that, so check it out. Dude, some big things are coming. And uh, what else do we got? T-shirts, man. I got a big T-shirt coming. Just waiting for the uh, Zoltan, the man, Zoltan, the man who designs a lot of our T-shirts. He's finishing it up. We'll have that. We're doing exclusive T-shirts on there. Go to tinfallhattshirts.com. Grab them. I will be live, okay, live in North Carolina, uh, I will be visiting a lot of Johnny's family. They will be at good nights. Johnny will hopefully be doing a guest set. Five minutes of comedy no one's ever heard of. Live on stage. People going crazy. Uh, Johnny's aunt and her black boyfriend will be there that <laughs> night celebrating interracial love. Really okay. No idea Just go, go to North. <laughs> go to good nights. And that is uh, February uh, 18th through the 20th. Go check that out. And then we have, I have, I'm locking in Austin, everybody. I'm working on a, a February. I'm working on New Jersey. New Jersey is set. I will be in New Jersey March 4th through the 6th. That is locked in. Okay. And you can go to tipscomedy.com. Tickets are up for sale. Yes, we're getting that made. Tickets, uh, tickets are for sale. Myself. Uh, Tino Sanchez will be there joining me. And uh, from the Cash Daddies podcast, Howie Dewey will be there as well. And then April, I'm working April uh, 20th through the 22nd. I will be at the House of Comedy in Arizona. That's the House of Comedy, Arizona. Please come see me live. I am booking gigs as we're going. I'm working on, I'm working on, um, I am working on Texas. Texas. I'm working on uh, Vegas. I'm working on all these places. I'd love to come uh, to Alaska. It all depends on if they're making me do some stupid quarantine and get a vaccine. Outside of that, any, uh, I will be there. And I want to come to where you live. Just hit me up or and I'll put you to my booking agent. We'll make it happen. Anything else, guys? Patreon.com slash Broken Simulation if you want to get the next episode early. Okay. Anything else? We don't smoke the same wherever you listen yep. to podcasts. Please enjoy the show. All right, let's get into it. Very excited to have our next guest on. She was a guest on Zero, and I was like, I got to get you on the main podcast. So here she is. She uh, she has a podcast called Third Eye Awakening. Please welcome to Tinfoil Hat for the first of hopefully many appearances, Amy Belair. How are you, Amy? I'm great, Sam. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk to the three of you guys. Mostly talk to me. Don't worry about them. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're very excited to come on. Real quick, for our guests who may not be, or our listeners who may not be uh, familiar with you, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Sure. So um, I'm just a regular person, more or less, uh, an awesome, amazing, magical being in disguise as a human. Um, I'm from Canada. I have three kids and another one on the way, and I just live a regular life, but I read the Akashic Records for people. So I help people to like look into their past lives, their soul history, figure out their soul blueprint, their life mission, their soul purpose, their weird karma, their weird relationship dynamics, all that kind of stuff. And I absolutely love doing it. I also teach a whole bunch of courses some free, some um, priced to help people connect with their own psychic abilities and their intuition uh, because we're all um, powerfully psychic people. Well, 
Everything you're talking about is I, I absolutely love it. I'm excited to hear about it. I hope that you understand that charging for services, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a little bit of hesitation there. I, I just really feel that like value for value, you know, peer to peer. If you work really hard, there's nothing wrong with making money off of what you love. I think there's a real delusion out there from some people that selling out is making money off your art. No, selling out is taking a, a gig for the check. Okay, that to me. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But I mean, we're talking on a very, on a bigger level. We're not taking about, you know, because you need, you got to pay your rent. You got to go and grab a job maybe you don't want. That's not selling out. I'm talking about doing a, a show on TV that everyone knows is a flaming bag of dog shit, but the check <laughs> is so big, you take it. That is selling out. And you can do that. I have no, I, like when I was younger, I used to care about, I don't anymore. But getting paid to do what you love, that is the blessings of life. And, you know, I, I would love to pay rent and take care of two kids with all my love, but unfortunately, we live in a monetary system where you have to. We're not exchanging goods anymore, so we have to do that. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I am very excited to talk about the uh, Akashic Records, many records. Uh, I am so into that, and I'm so into this whole conversation because I think in these crazy times, it is. It is very, very important to know that there's something bigger going on. And there's a bigger thing out there than what's right in front of your television and on your social media. So much of everybody's problems is, is just on the television. They li- that, that is their pain. That is their suffering. And that's what they live through. And it's like, no, man, there's here, right here in this space where we are, where, where you look like you're on the set of Kill Bill somewhere, Amy, right? I mean, you, everything's fine, right? I mean, it's like it's this need to find pain and suffering. Amy, where does your story start? Wow. Okay, well, I guess my story starts um, with spiritual awakening, which is what I talk about on my, my podcast. I really try to, like, create a conversation in a space that honors people's unique awakening journeys because it's so intense and it can be so alienating and make you feel like you're absolutely crazy, which is what I went through. So my whole twenties, I think I started to like awaken, if you will. And what I mean is like, just be able to start to perceive that there's more going on than what, you know, the conversation was when I was a kid in school. Right. So the, the awakening process really started when I left my parents' house at 18 and it just right away felt so yeah, alienating. I felt like I was crazy. I thought I was a loser. I was like, I I don't know why I can't just function in the world by these, you know, fucked up priorities that we live by and be happy with it. Like everybody else, why I have to seem to overthink everything and explore everything and question everything and have these experiences that I think might all be in my head, but they feel really real. Uh, it was just really lonely. And like, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go back to my twenties. You just couldn't. I, just I, I understand it. that, man. I really do. <laughs> As I'm hurling towards 50, I have a couple of years. I, I look back, I go, man, I'm really entering that thing where like, you're no longer youthful. And it's, but I, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, especially after I, since I had two kids, I'm really cool with it, man. There's no pressure. <laughs> I like, I don't, oh man, I, I wish I was going out. I mean, it kind of like worked out. I had these kids and then this, this pandemic, which I can't stand, which is, um, you know, amazingly, 
suddenly everything's opening up now that Biden's in. <laughs> Just wow, how lucky is that? Uh, you know, but it's like I've been really easy with. But yeah, man, I'm with you, man. I had a great time in my 20s. I was running and gutting. I I checked a lot of shit off my uh my you know big board in life. But I wouldn't go back to that, man, because it's so lost and it's like drowning i just 20s is like you're just paddling to stay up you know the money coming in meet the girl be in the cool place be in the comedy club all that and it's just like now it's like i don't care about any of it and like there's a part of me would love to be with you running and gunning but there's also like i, I like to be i'm also jealous of you I, <laughs> chilling, I, I, dude. I get in the airport and you're not throwing up <laughs> you want breakfast i'm hung over i'm like fuck sam's life sounds great right now <laughs> so so you you your 20s was crazy i mean i don't know you're canadian so there's probably a lot of blow back then because canada just gets better blow than america and i don't understand that the math of that does not make any sense to me but probably goes back your healthcare system i don't know why but i'm like dude this i remember i was like this is great blow how do you guys do it but anyways so now you're a little older you're still kicking a whole lot of ass uh when did you start to realize that you had some kind of special <laughs> ability um i really started to like really really get into it five years ago so so I was on the path to become a midwife which we talked about this on zero it's a person who is similar to a doctor but we only specialize in um, pregnancy just pregnancy and we just specialize in normal pregnancy that's going normally so we do all the prenatal care and we um, attend births at hospital home and birth centers and we deliver the baby and then we do six weeks of postpartum care as well so I really love that because I absolutely love babies. I absolutely love kids awesome. and families and all that stuff. But it's really scientific, very laugh brain, very logical. It was very eye-opening about the medical paradigm and the, the medical system. And right in the middle of it, like when I was almost done, I, am, I got pregnant by surprise and was very excited about it. And then through a series of shitty events, I ended up losing my newborn son. He was born prematurely. So I went through the whole thing of being in the hospital and all the like, you know, intense, um, high risk pregnancy care and like a pretty rough birth. It could have been worse, but it was not a walk in the park. That's for sure. And, and then I lost him. And so I had to, had to reconcile myself with that somehow, which was really challenging, but a huge gift. Like he gave me a huge, huge gift. So I learned how to navigate trauma and darkness from there and like grief and sorrow and all those horrible, horrible parts of yourself that you access when you're in this low place. And I just needed to feel okay. Like I needed to be happy whenever I could possibly be happy because I was otherwise so overwhelmingly sad. And for me, I've always been interested in spiritual things like like obsessed interested like it's like my thing and I never let myself do it because I had this running narrative that it's like flaky it's just it's just a stupid pursuit right it's like not a real thing and also that I wasn't anything special so so when I was coping with the grief of losing him 
I just let myself go there because that was where I felt the most relief. So um, connecting with him, like I would receive messages from him before I was even conceived through the pregnancy. He basically gave me all the warnings he could so that I could not to like avoid it from happening, but so that I could cope with it as it happened. Yeah, exactly. It, It was amazing. And And then I felt him there, you know, like I felt him after he was born and after he died, he kept coming to me. And I really realized like, oh, fuck, like we don't really die. Like our bodies die, our bodies die, but the love doesn't go away. The consciousness doesn't go away. We don't lose connection with our loved ones. And, you know, naturally, I just wanted to be in connection with him whenever I could. So I had to learn how to fine tune my vibration because he couldn't get through to me when I was in the depths of grief, like the real dark depths, which I was still there sometimes because you can't avoid that. But whenever I got a break from it, I would fine tune my vibration and reach higher and higher for him. And I would sort of meet him halfway and he would come through and communicate with me. And the interesting thing was at the same time, I became so sensitive to things like crystals, other people's emotions, animals, plants. Like, I'm not a plant person, but I was suddenly like, wow, like really aware of plant consciousness and things like that. And I think it's just because I was reaching for such subtle levels of communication that I inadvertently fine-tuned my radio dial to like really, really, you know, subtle forms of communication from everyone, not just him. Guys, are you having trouble sleeping on your old sh- piece of shit mattress? Are you? Johnny, I had that. I had it. I hated it. There's nothing worse than sleeping on your own personal mattress that feels like you're sleeping in a crack hotel, right? <laughs> Anybody else, Johnny? Tell me about the time you were sleeping in that crack hotel. Well, think about it. Yeah, and think about how much time you spend in the bed every day. Right? There's no one place you spend more time than the bed. And that's why you have to get a better mattress. And there's no better mattress than Helix, everybody. That's right. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattresses for you. Okay. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattresses models to choose from. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses mattresses for for great for cooling you down if you sleep hot and even helix mattresses plus for plus size folks i wouldn't know anything about that even though i am the fat dragon okay yes i could totally use a bigger mattress for fatter people okay i took the helix quiz and i matched up with the nice i like a big bed i'm a big bad guy for a big boned boy okay that's what i'm all about johnny what'd you get what, what are you asking? You know queen, exactly what I'm bed. asking. What kind of bed, bed did you get? For a side, for side sleeper. Okay, dude. Uh, oh, you're a side medium. sleeper. Yeah, you're one of side, those. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. We got to get you one. Xavier. I just I did the quiz. Yeah. What yeah, it was I got to get like? the midnight. I'm a slide sleeper like Johnny. You really are? Do you do it in the fetal position? That's not, I'd rather not talk about it. No matter how you sleep, whether you're fetal position like Xavier Guerrero or you're planking like Sam, Helix has the right bed for you, okay? So this is what you got to do. Just go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with the customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. I got to be honest with you. 
I love it. Okay, so here's what's important. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners. That's $200. Make you holler. Up to that. That's amazing, dude. Just go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. That's H-E-L-I-X sleep.com and enjoy a good night's sleep. Now, did you did you have any of this as you were younger and just didn't realize it, or was this this traumatic event? Which I, I'm not trying to sound like weird, but it's almost like in a, in 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 a uh, comic book where our hero gets hit by lightning, right? And suddenly now he has this kind all the or him or her has these amazing uh, abilities. Now it's like this traumatic event happened to you, um, and. And then all of a sudden you had these like senses that maybe you, you didn't know you had, or maybe it amplified it, but did you have anything before that? I mean, as a kid, I just feel like I was a regular kid, but I was pretty fucking smart. Like I could really sense when adults were lying, but I think all kids can, you know, and like I could feel people's feelings. I could sense people's bullshit motivations. I was pretty precocious, but I don't remember having psychic experiences as a kid which is why I thought I wasn't psychic for years I I would literally think the thought I wish I was psychic <laughs> while I was having psychic experiences because I didn't think I could because I didn't I wasn't haunted by ghosts as a kid you know and I wasn't seeing angels or talking to demons or whatever I feel like I was just a normal person but it, like at 18 it started to open up a lot and I would have really interesting experiences, but it wasn't until I started to take them seriously after my son died. And I start, I like wrote them all down, all the ones I could remember where I was like, oh, Holy fuck, I'm psychic. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I started, I learned about the Akashic records. Um, Here we it go. Just, I heard the words and it just called to me. I was like, Oh, that's where my answer is. And so hold on. So learned- let's, let's get into this because I've been dying to do an episode on this topic. Please explain to us what the Akashic Records are. Okay. So the Akashic Records basically like um, the Akasha is a field of energy that exists all around us. And it contains an imprint of everything that has ever happened. So every thought, word, feeling, action um, that a, a person commits or a soul commits. And so it's the Akashic records in the sense that every soul has its own records. It's like, it contains every lifetime. It probably, I mean, I can seem to tap into information in between lifetimes. Um, It just, it's like a place. I don't know. For me, it's like where the thumbprint of everything that ever happens gets recorded. And I can feel that thumbprint and sort of pull out information from there. It often gets compared to like a library with a a whole bunch of books and like every book is like your one of your lifetimes, but I never literally see it like that. That's just not how it shows itself to me. To me, it's, it feels more like your own personal cloud. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like like a blockchain, right, Johnny? That's which like goes like Max Kelser has been talking about how like. Bitcoin could be from God, like he, he <laughs> believes that, and he's like, "You sent down your son the first time; they didn't treat you very well. So now you send down something that they can't f with, right? You can't fuck with." And like, what if the blockchain is the Akashic record? Where is the blockchain? Does anyone know where it is? <laughs> it's everywhere. It's all around. It's like the internet. Well, that sounds like to me like the Akashic. Am I saying it's on all these mining Akashic computers. or Akasha record? Am I saying it correctly? But. That's what it sounds like to me, Amy. I mean, like, yeah, 
It's kind of crazy. I feel like it's similar to the internet. Exactly. XG. Like it's just, it's there. It's all around us. It contains information, but um, unless we have a portal to access it, we can't, you know, like I can't, I can't receive the information from the internet unless I have like a device to use it. Do you have visions of it? Is there a vision you ever have of, of what this record looked like? Is it, is it just like a big thing in space? I feel like it's like a library. Like you know. Well, how she like just said it's not like a library. A, like it still well, feel like it could be like a library. Like where did cabinets. you check out to? What like were you cabinets. thinking about? What were you no. thinking about? I know she says it's not like a cat. Like you think about George Press records. stories. We just said it's not the library. And you're but like, like records. Like, Postal, it's kind of like the library. No. You're like, no, no, it's not like the library at all. It's not like the <laughs> library. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like a library is just a way of understanding otherwise abstract, non physical information, right? So a person could totally see it that way. And I think a lot of people do. It's just it's just the way that our psyche filters it into a context that we understand. The way it presents to me is like literally a cloud of mist. And when you zero in on the cloud, it's comprised of like a gajillion tiny droplets. And when you zero in on a droplet, it expands and holds like a story. Kind of like the Hall of Prophecies or whatever in Harry Potter. Oh, that's kind of cool. And where does it exist? Just in spirit realm? Everywhere? Yeah, it's just everywhere. So so it's like, it's a frequency, a vibrational frequency of consciousness. Can you meditate to get there? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things. I teach a, a program on how to learn how to access it because it's not just for some people. It's for everybody. It's our birthright. We all get to access it. We all get we all get the answers and the information. And there's some stuff that I think is supposed to remain a mystery because the mystery is part of the beauty of life. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we believe we're not allowed to know that we actually totally get to know. I think that's amazing. I do. I really do believe in that stuff. And I think, you know, what you're saying right now, where we're told we're not allowed to believe it when we're totally allowed to believe it goes back to like, what is up is really down. This mm. group of people, whoever they are, some people can't even come to grips with them, uh, what they are. And those people are called Brian Callen and they don't <laughs> understand that there are, there are people out there that are, are set. They're low frequency people and they are just their whole thing is to completely confuse us into understanding how special we really are, each one of us. And it's yeah. mind blowing to me. It's great. I love this stuff. This is some of my favorite stuff. All right, guys. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried. And that is the truth. I love taking it. I take it every day, okay? With so many stressors in life, it is difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive, okay? Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods, huh? This is where Athletic Greens can help, okay? Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional Nutritional essential, okay, is by far the easiest, most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. I have this every day. Every day in the morning, I have it. I throw some orange juice. I throw the screen. I throw some fruits in it. If I hear another person tell me about sugar and fruits, I'll fight you. Monkeys (laughs) eat fruit. I've never seen a fat monkey, okay? Johnny, have you ever seen a fat monkey? 
No. Never. So I'll eat fruits. When you show me a fat-ass monkey, I'll stop eating fruits with my evergreen, okay? It's great stuff, okay? And right now, evergreen is doubling down on supporting your immune system, okay, during these crazy winter months. They're offering my audience free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today, okay? You basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you are looking for a peak performance or better health, covering your bases with athletic rings makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each Stay simple, tasty, and efficient, okay? Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil, all right? And get your free year supply of vitamin D and five packets today. A T H L E. T I C G G R E E N S dot com. Rock and roll. I'm sorry if you felt, took that. I was joking with you. No, with the why would I, thing. no. <laughs> okay, because you got a little quiet and a little pouty, and I didn't want you. I, this was just fun. So um, I love that. Do you remember what the first um, memory that you accessed from the records was? Do you remember what that is and what that process was like? Yep. So I learned how to do it through another program by somebody named Jennifer Longmore. Um, her, her website is souljourneys.ca. Um, so I did her self study program and I went in with the big guns. I was like, I'm not fucking around. I want to know why my son died. Like I need to understand this because I was like killing myself with all the reasons that it was my fault. And it was, it just was so painful to think that way, but I couldn't, you know, we have this human way of doing that. I don't think men understand the effect that a miscarriage has on a woman. I just don't think we have, it's, I don't know how to explain, maybe it's like trying to explain math to a dog. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, they don't have, we don't have the tools or the wiring to understand what that does to a, a woman and, and it's got to be I, I, obviously you know some people might not know this but you know before I had my two daughters you know uh, I've had gone that happened to us so I mean it was like really tragic and and it was hard and I didn't handle it very well and not only a miscarriage and abortion I've had girls that I've known that like, they cry the day they got the abortion like there's still yeah. it still hits them sadder. Like this day he would have been one or whoop de whoop, and it's still sad. Like it's, it's no, still, I yeah. think that's totally true, man. I totally think that's true. Yeah, I handled it really bad. I'll always have to pay the price on that, and hopefully over time I'll be able to make the make it right. But yeah, I don't think guys understand what that does to uh, women. It's it's incredibly tragic, and I I don't know if there's anything that is equal to that in terms of what men go through. I just well, I think I think I think when men do have families and they they lose their whole family, they go through the same thing because they feel like it was their job to protect their family, and they clearly failed. It's the same kind of thing, right? Like a woman when she's like you know carrying a life, it's like it, this is my one job. My yes. one job is to like carry you and birth you and keep you safe. And I failed. It's a yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy what your brain and your hormones like. It's just a very confusing experience. And so I was like, I need 
to know. I need to understand because on one hand, I'm like beating myself up daily about this being my fault somehow and like running through all the way. Like I'm talking about taking inventory of every time I played the bad guy in somebody's life, every time I was like mean or I did something bad or um, like karma past lives. I was like, I need to know, I need to know what I did to make this happen. And, and yet at the same time, I would, I would do it over and over and over again, just for the honor of being his mother. I really would. I really would. And you wouldn't have to pay me a million dollars. It was like, I just love him so much. Um, so it was like, how can he feel like such a gift to me? And at the same time, me be, you know, blaming myself like this for what happened. So I went into the cash records and I asked the question and I got the answer, which I wasn't even expecting that I would. But I think because the power of my question was such that even if I found out it was because I'm a horrible person and I fully deserved it, like it felt like I'd rather know that answer and move forward with that than just wonder forever, if that makes sense. No, it does. And uh, I don't know what it said, but you know, that view that, that I am a bad person and the universe makes you pay for that. I just don't think that's how the universe operates, No, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, we've had a couple guests come on and talk about that, that, you know, the, the, the universe is, is quite loving and uh, understanding. So I'm interested in hearing what the universe told you. Yeah. So, so what came through was, it was really interesting. The way it presented was like, there's this long table, almost like the way you see it set up when people are sort of negotiating a divorce peaceably and they have a mediator in the room. So it was like, I was on one side of the table and my son was on the other side and we weren't directly communicating with each other, but there was this mediator that was go-betweening for us and it was all happening telepathically. But he explained that I hadn't done anything wrong and my partner hadn't done anything wrong, that actually this was an experience that my son's soul deeply desired for its own evolution and to tie up some of his own karma um, from another life. Like, I don't, I don't love the way people perceive the term karma, but it's like there was a loose end that wanted to get resolved and he wanted to do it like quick and dirty, kind of like he just wanted to get into a really intense situation. Um, and then and, wow. and hopefully have it be short lived. But the funny thing was that at a whole bunch of points, it was always up to Alex and I, like we had, we are the ones that ultimately had to make the choice to let him go. He didn't just randomly die on us. So my water broke at 20 weeks, a few weeks after I got um, into the tiniest fender bender in traffic, like I got rear ended and it was not a big deal at all, but it caused some complications to arise unbeknownst to me. And some weeks later, my water broke, which at 20 weeks, the baby's only half cooked. So it wasn't, wasn't a good predicament. And they offered for us to just kind of terminate it and, and induce labor at that time. And um, he was still alive with beautiful heartbeat. I just couldn't do it at that time. And then. Um, oh, that's impossible uh, question to. Perfect heart. I mean, if the kid is alive and kicking, it's like. It's no different to me, like, than terminating an adult's life in that situation, you know, where they're kind of 
Yeah. You know, like, like a vegetable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, and a coma yeah, type something of thing. like that. Wow. Yeah. That's it's awesome. so it's so hard to make that choice on somebody else's behalf when you they can't speak for themselves. And then and then so anyway, he kept he kept going for six weeks. It was amazing. Like it was such a miracle. I didn't get an infection. None of the things that should have happened happened. Um, and then at six, at 26 weeks, I probably went into labor when I look back at it now, knowing what I know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I did, but anyway, he ended up being born cause I was already at the hospital and that's how they responded. Um, and he lived for 20 days. The first 11 were really good days. And then all of a sudden he developed a, a devastating condition called necrotizing enterocolitis, which I won't get into the whole background here. But anyway, he had to have emergency abdominal surgery was, you know, it was septic, like um, the bacteria from his intestine went into his blood system. It was really devastating. And even then, a few days later, it looked like he had rounded the corner. The neonatologist said, I think we can go from being more cautious to optimistic. Oh. And and then they did an ultrasound on his sweet little head just to make sure everything was okay. And they found that he was having really significant brain bleeds oh. in his um, brain stem, which would have affected every part of his life, like his motor, his cognition, everything. So that's when we they offered us to let him go, and we chose to let him go which was so hard. And and so what, what I saw in the Akashic records was that. So basically he had been in a war. I think it was world war one with my husband. I could see the trenches is so awful. It was like a nightmare. Like I think it was world war one because of the, the masks and the gas and like the air was poisonous and there was shit and mud and, rats and everything in the trenches it smelled so bad it was like rot and blood and oh it was just awful and he hit his point where he just couldn't handle it anymore and he offed himself and he after he died the perspective he had was like in the moment when he decided to take his own life in that lifetime, he didn't think about the effect it was going to have on his brother soldiers and on his family back home and everybody um he was just thinking about like, he just hit his limitation. And after he died, then he was able to see the effect it had on everybody. And it wasn't really karma. Like he didn't need to be punished for it, but it was sort of like, he wanted a mulligan. He wanted an opportunity to be in a state of intense suffering where he was going to not be the one to choose his own exit. And so he gave it to us to, to choose for him and this was arranged before he was born, before we were born in that kind of no time, no space zone of, you know, the spirit world. And uh, he even came in as a surprise pregnancy. Like literally he was conceived on the third date <laughs> <laughs> in a church parking lot. Oh, <laughs> now. <laughs> and, and we weren't expecting it at all at all at all at all uh but he even came in in that way so that we had the choice like it would have been reasonable to choose to terminate the pregnancy if we wanted to like back wow. out the whole contract so we were met with this choice at several points but he he chose he asked us to do this as his parents because he knew that alex 
would 100% pull the plug when it came to be the time. He knew Alex would not keep him around for a whole lifetime of suffering. And he chose me because he knew that no matter how badly he was suffering or how badly damaged he was, I would love the fuck out of him and want him no matter what. And the like, he just communicated that that was like a soothing balm on his, you know, his burns of the, of the suffering that he was so deeply wanted. And that, and he also let me know that such a big, you know, I guess sacrifice on our part. So that's how his experience, such, such a, an offering to do that for him an agreement to follow through on it also resulted in being offered like a level up is <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Like a big spiritual, like boom, which was also why I suddenly had access to spiritual gifts that I didn't realize I had before. And a hugely expanded perspective. Like I get downloads like crazy all the time now, ever since experiencing that. But, you know, it was up to me to take the gift. Like it was offered in exchange for what happened. Wow. Um, but it wasn't forced on me. That insane is easily one of the most memorable moments on the show yeah. dude That's wow great. wow i have a question for you you might not know the answer let's say he would have been born do you think he would have a horrible life he would have suffered throughout his life no the way it looks to me is like he was just never meant to be, be born. born like there really wasn't when I look at people's lifetimes, I see like there's multiple probabilities for everybody, like multiple timelines. We're all existing in multiple timelines. Um, but some people, when there's like big destiny, like pre-decided events, the, the timelines kind of all converge there because they really, really committed to a soul is really committed to it. So I don't think he would have been suffering forever, but it's possible. Like I know that was his intention for sure was to just, you, and and there was so much healing that came for me through. I'm still uncovering. Like I just realized this week another level of healing that uh, he offered wow. me in exchange. So it all works out together. Like it sounds like you know he asked us to do this big shitty thing for him, but I get I've been offered so many things in exchange for this. Hey guys, listen. I don't know about you, but man, I mean, I'm making all that internet cash. I'm internet rich, bitch. Okay. I'm just, I'm on OnlyFans. I, I, I'm just showing the fucking dirt now and making big dollars, okay? And I'm making these big dollars on OnlyFans. What am I going to do with it? I need to learn to invest. And I'm not really a, a sit down and read the book guy. So I like to listen to podcasts. And I don't know if you've ever tried to listen to an investment podcast. They, they can be quite boring a lot. Boring. Boring. Hell, they're like listening to the two old guys from the Muppets. Enough, okay? I said enough. Well, guess what? I'm proud to say I found a really great podcast it's called IP Frequency. Now, Xavier Guerrero has been listening to this podcast long before I did. He was just walking. Frequently. What? You said frequency again. Okay. IP Frequently. IP Frequently. Okay. And Xavier would just come in all the time just going, IP Frequently. And we like, we don't want to hear about your personal problems. And then we realized he's trying to give us the goods. And the goods was <laughs> one of the best podcast top you, notch top notch top you know notch. why because you know what we love here on this show we love fucking current events we love investment advice okay and we love 80s music because we run 
We run so far away, dude. I love listening to 80s music and then laughing when everybody thought that Boy George loved puss. That's what makes me laugh the most about the 80s. Yeah, there and was somebody out there who was just devastated to find like, out. Like, oh, that guy that dressed like a girl doesn't like chicks. <laughs> some, some girl out there who just really wanted to date Boy George. And yeah, you can still date. You just got to peg him. And they talk about all this wonderful stuff on uh, 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 IP frequently, okay? If you're looking for a solid business advice... 80s music, okay, Duran Duran, huh? Five-star rating on iTunes. A five-star, dude. They got a new episode out called 100 Days of Biden, right? Is that what it is? Corey Xavier Guerrero, good stuff. Good shit, dude. Good shit. Dropping hammer right there. So go check them out. Subscribe to IP Frequently, okay, and stay up to date on their weekly streams of episodes wherever you listen to good podcast okay i gotta be honest with you uh, men without hats is the first time i learned about midgets enjoy the show when you say multiple timelines it, it's this you and other timelines it's the same soul though right occupying yeah. the, okay yeah. that's interesting are, are you are you automatically female in all these timelines or is there one where you're just like the guy from the green mile just bald you'd, and black you'd, you'd love that huh <laughs> no no it no, feels I like love it's that. like it's a lifetime for a particular avatar. So I consider like I'm in the avatar that is Amy. So I'm Amy, but I'm also the gamer that's playing Amy. And um, so this Amy avatar has multiple um, timelines. So you're Amy in multiple, like when you say timelines, dimensions or timelines? Timelines, like, timelines within this dimension on Earth, like you know the the uh, divergences that happen when we make different choices. Parallel is what you're saying, though. Like no, but like Johnny, like I make a decision to sit here in one d- timeline. I get up and punch you in the face. Is it like those? We'll books? say that's the better timeline. <laughs> yeah, right? and then I throw you out the goddamn window. <laughs> okay, that's a different timeline. There's so many timelines out there. So There's it's like so those. Many. Is it like those books, like those kids' books, when you would read and oh, like choose you? your own yeah. adventure? Yeah, yeah, is it like that? Yeah. Yeah. I it never thought about like that. that. Look at XG. I'm fired. Do you have do you, do you have access to those? What's going on in other timelines for for yourself? Uh, yeah, to an extent. To an extent, like because some of them are really, really, uh, like they're wide channels. Meaning, there's a lot of probability. There's a lot of energy there, and like a portion of my consciousness went in that direction, but the majority of it is in this particular timeline but i can sort of like move back and forth in between some of them to an extent but i think the reason that we stay focused in one is because it would just confuse the shit out of us to be able to like perceive too many of them at once i've heard i've heard some people suggest that if in in some cases when you die in one timeline you just kind of skip to the other one is that uh, do you have any sense about whether that's a possibility yeah i think that does happen like it so most of the information that I get comes through the Akashic readings that I've done for myself and for people. So I, I don't purport to have all the answers to everything, but it does look to me through the Akashic records. Like sometimes that's what happens. Like a particular timeline ends and then your consciousness just moves into another one and sort of completes. But there's usually like one where it's done across all timelines and that avatar is totally over. If that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All games it ends, that particular yeah. av- avatar. Um, mm-hmm. So you call them gamers. Is that a term you came up with or is that a term that has been talked about in a long time or is that just 
a brand new term that's around that that just so everybody understands what we're talking about. Well, I've heard it a lot on your show, which is why, like, it's so funny. I listen to your show and I talk back and forth to you guys all the time. Um, <laughs> so, How much fun is it for us to talk back for the first time? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so um, I've heard I've heard people refer to it before and I'm always like, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what it looks like. But for me, it's just an analogy that makes sense. But it's funny because I'm not a gamer at all. Like, honestly, the farthest I got in my uh, video gaming career was Donkey Kong on Super NES. Like, Dude, that's legit. way advanced for me. I stopped video games when they got away from like just the... The punk? Yeah, the simple... Like, dude, when they got to this, I was like, I'm... You're talking uh, about the Atari controller with one yeah, button? Yeah, dude, like that I got red out, button. dude. I was like, call it a day, man. My 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 guy's like, my, my fucking gamer's a boomer going, oh, fuck these buttons, right? That's better, my gamer. You better get back on it. Your little girls are... Yeah, your I've little girls are going to get on it. it. Getting a video game, but it's like I—I I, I was thinking about that the other day about how like everyone's like, "Oh, you got a really great work ethic." It's like, well, I just—I don't really like. What am I supposed? You know, there's no martial arts to go like. That's why, like, for a hobby, I'm not in the video games. You can blow a lot of time on video games, dude. I know, dude, and that's—that's that's why I just like. It's weird that this is like my job, but it's, it's a weird way my hobby as well. Which I don't know if that's good, but that's kind of worked out the way it is. But. Yeah, gaming, gaming's that's a great way to put it. It's, it's, and then just the more and more, I just talked to people like you and that doctor we had who was talking about afterlife. It's just, I wish I could get people to listen to these certain episodes all over the place and just be like, stop waiting for people to come and save you. Nobody's come to save you. You're doing fine. You're exactly where you need to be. Just be in the moment and see how this timeline plays out. I yeah. Don't. Totally. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, what blessings it is to hear these things. It's you know? like they don't want you to be in the moment either with your cell no, phone. They don't. With all, dude, it's like hard to, like, you go to concerts and everyone's on their phone trying to find their friend, trying to record this, trying to figure out where's the beer venue. It's just like, dude, just enjoy the fucking music. Yeah. It's right enjoy there. the moment, dude. Yeah. Just enjoy the moment. And it's like, I'll be honest with you, man. I was like a lot of people, man. I got really caught up in this election. It, not just because I had money on it, but it's because <laughs> I was like, you know, the, 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 you know, our, our our nation is in, you know, the hands of whoever wins. And like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, Biden gets inaugurated, and the next day, my life is the exact same Still thing. Still got to walk the dog. Still got to walk the dog, or it's gonna shit in the house. My dog did not <laughs> care about who got elected. He was like, dude, I, dude, I have a pug. With crystal meth energy, okay? And he's like, 645, or I'm shitting somewhere. And it's like, he didn't care about the election. He wasn't trusting the plan. He didn't give a fuck. Roger did not give a fuck, man. So you got, I, I just like, so real quick, because I'm, I'm really interested in the record, man. What do you think is the best way for our listeners and the people in the room to start to try to you know, see if we could figure out a, a way for us to be able to access the Akashic Records. I, I mean, dude, I, I think so much about past lives. I have a friend of mine. She said she died in a war in a past life. She was a man. She died in a war. And, what do you think uh, you were doing? I, I, There's no way I wasn't a peasant with big tits. There's no way. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just had a giant 
rack, and it was bad. News. How many? How many kids? All of them. We had a lot of kids, dog. Back in the day, we were farmers. We had to have a lot of kids. That's from syphilis. I was just like shooting them out like a t-shirt gun. <laughs> <laughs> farmers. That's how I was doing, just shooting farmers out, bro. And uh, that's how it went. And we all did it, dude. We all, you know, at one point, you know, you were Shakazula, Johnny, back in the day. I think we all yeah. had times where we were royals, and then we were uh, peasants. And we were farmers, and then we were priests, and then we were we were soldiers, and we like. I think it's just all. I, like, I have difficulty thinking about this because, in I, I maybe you won't get this, Sam, because you're less neurotic than I am. But oh, I'll to take me, that. this threatens kind of my sense of identity. You know what I mean? My my ego, and in the like the psychological sense of and, that you are Johnny. Yeah, exactly. And that it really this is difficult for me. To but talk your about soul like, is Johnny. About, but your soul is Johnny. Your no, no, morals... no, no, no. His avatar is Johnny. His soul, well, his soul is... would be whatever he wants it to be. Like, I don't know. Does Give your... it a name. Give it a name. Amy, does your soul have a name or is it just an energy? I mean, I think to me, I never really ask about the names of our souls. It just feels like an energy, but I'm sure they have names, but they're actually a correspondence to the um, vibrational frequency signature. So if that was to translate into a sound, if that makes sense. So they're probably more like vowel based, like chants, like almost like the way that ohm is like the frequency of the energy of all creation, right? Supposedly, if I'm understanding that correctly, then the soul has its own unique signature frequency. And if it was to translate into a sound, if you were to plug it into software that turned it into a sound, that would be your soul name, if that makes sense. Wow. Wow. But Johnny, you're still Johnny. Like, you're totally Johnny, and you got to live it up and be Johnny. Like, that's the whole point. We, we don't See come that, here to, Johnny? like... You're still be, Johnny, be, Johnny? Yeah. But it's just, like, you yeah, don't... Well, I'll, you I'll don't tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. Ends. I'll tell you exactly what I'm thinking. Like, I, I'm thinking about all the people and the things that I value in this life, and I feel like this sense that I've had other lives, you know, where I also value people as equal, you know, as, as importantly or Mm. as much as I do now that, that somehow kind of diminishes, you know, the, like once I, if I, after death, let's say, and I get this perspective, you know, where I can see, like I step back and I can see not only this life, but all the other lives I've lived, you know, it's just kind of like taking a step back. No, I get what you're saying, but Johnny, I've had a, I've had other guests on zero and their belief is that, you intertwine with the same soul sometimes, right? Like, yeah, that's like you know, because when I think of like life after death, I really do think about not being in my children's life anymore. Like, as crazy as it is that they are only one year into my life, and I have had forty-seven years without them, that now I have this one year with them. I think about okay, when I pass, will I ever see them again? And the truth is, I might come back as their kids, or I might come back like it's like that to me is really amazing. That like your mom could be like the spirit that you're always intertwining well, with. That, that leads me to a question I have actually uh, for you, Amy. Is in this in the in the world uh, beyond time? You know, in the world like after death, is can you relate to other souls in in a in a way that we would recognize as human, like like we do now, like like family and friends can you relate to them there and like i don't know uh what would you say yeah. like, I, okay. like look yeah, back that's, on that's life 
That's a great question. So, so the souls that incarnate in places like earth, um, environments where you have a strong ego identity, um, we do in between lives relate to each other as like our soul. I call them soul pods. Like it's like you kind of have this constellation of souls that you tend to frequent through lives with. Sometimes you come in without any of them because you want to like, you know, build up your strength and resilience and get rid of your codependency. But we do, we do have a, like strong relationships, which is why we recognize, you know, like, I don't know if you guys in this life so far have met people that you're just like, I know you, I know, I know you, like, you just feel different to me than somebody that I just met. It, and you, and you can like click with these people very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yes. I do that all the time. Also, something's very interesting is um, how like, child prodigies right they they are like oh i know piano you're like well are you just that smart or did you bring that from the past life that you knew how to play piano yeah and that's what happens and they're like i don't want to i don't want to like dick around learning it all over again like i have (laughs) i have stuff i want to do with it so i'm just gonna bring it in like you know like full force basically i dude i I, when you hear about these kids too they're these I don't borderline creepy stories to me of these kids that <clears throat> just start talking about, you know, some some dead guy you know, like, yeah, oh, that was my friend Billy. He died in a fire. And oh. the, the parents are like, what? the? What oh, yeah. No, I've heard of that. I've heard of some kid talk about like, oh, I know about this Air Force One airplane. The parents take him and this kid's like, oh, yeah, that's a 50, 57. And they're the parents are like, what the fuck? And yeah. he claims to have known these airplanes. Yeah. And I lived it. And they're like, he must like a yeah. reincarnation type of yeah. shit. It seems like with freaky. kids, the, the, the veil is a little thinner between. Well, oh, no, they're just so more open minded sure. to it because they're closer to the time when they were uh, a, uh, an energy spirit. But I, I think also, I mean, I think, I think what divides us, whatever it is, is, is a little less uh, like for, well-formed or something. Does that, it's like permeable yeah. maybe is the right word. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, so when you come in, because I got, I've been so lucky to receive so many newborns, like brand new babies, fresh out of the vagina. And and just like, oh, hey, welcome. (laughs) And they're so, so present. Oh, my God, they just know who they are. Um, It's just, it's just this powerful energy that comes off of them. And then I used to be a nanny, too. So I got to hang out with all kinds of little kids, and they definitely know what's up like you said, like the veil is just thinner, but somewhere in like, I don't know, it's maybe around like five, I'd say four or five when they really start learning the rules of like engagement here and they start to crystallize a little bit more in their identity. It's not so fluid. It's not changing so fast. Like Sam, you see the the way that their identity shifts between birth and just one year, they go through so much just to learn how to like sit up and eat solid food. And yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. But there is almost a little bit of like, like my, my daughter ghost, right? She, from the moment we brought her home, she would do this thing. We would be home and she'd be like, and I'm like, are you bobsledding right now? What are you trying to do? Like, mm. And then we realize she, from the, I mean, dude, like right out the womb, like you said, right out the vagina, she was trying to stand from the moment 
she was came into the world. She was trying to stand up. So I'm like, maybe she's trying to say So we put her up, and dude, she would just, with her wobbly, but she would smile. Like, that's what she wanted to do from the start. And from the go- jump, she's been trying to walk around. Well, the, well, her sister, Ninja, okay, is now, she wasn't doing that. She's taking her sweet time, but she's really smart. And now she's like, we think she's going to pass in terms of who who walks oh, first that, you just said her name uh that's gonna oh, that's I gonna did. piss her off yeah i'm marking him all right i did i did i did i did Dying on it. <laughs> but uh, that's gonna piss her off <laughs> when she's all she's been wanting to do from birth is to walk and then her sister who doesn't really care just let me just tell you something hopping around the best part of this whole thing is that i was so nervous because me and my brother as children we just fought all the time we're really cool now we love each other we still have our fights but we these babies love each other, so thank God. Now, let's fingers crossed. I do you think there's girls gonna be are, yeah in high school. You know, Ghost likes to grab a lot of ninja shit. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, I could see some boyfriend issues coming up, so I'm already preparing for this, right? But uh, no, that's a great question, Johnny. I mean, like, do we like? So, I, have you ever read the Tibetan Book of the Dead and like the whole theory of like how we pick our parents? Like we walk into a room and everybody's like, just boning. You just see how the the, the bone action's going, right? And you pick <laughs> your parents based on bone action, which is so creepy, right? But now I yeah, think about. I, I imagine your soul just kind of stayed in that room for a while, just watching. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I can't yeah. find my parents. Yeah, okay, dude, yeah, go. No, dude, I haven't picked one yet. Let me just hang out, dude. Um, You're the reason they had to put a timer on. It's like only thirty minutes in the bone. <laughs> It's like a, just a line back out the door, just, just like people the, waiting. So, like, what yeah. the fuck is going on in there? I'm trying to get born, man. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. But the one thing I go is like, I must have been doing something right because two people grabbed me, right? Like, they're like, oh. come on, let's come together. Screw you're, it. You're Dude, doing like, it right. Champ, we you're on Bluetooth. are the champions. We are the champions. <laughs> but I do find it very interesting that. Johnny, your question is like, do we interact in, in the t- in the land of no time? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I think so too. Because it seems to me there's got to be if 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 that place is pleasant and you can interact there and explore. I, I it seems to be almost a disincentive to incarnate. You know, to to, to, to suffer like this. Well, but, well, so what I see is that. It's nice, um, and you can create, like, creation at the higher dimensions is so amazing because it's pretty much instantaneous. Because in order for something to be physically manifested, the vibration of all the, you know, subatomic particles and particles have to slow down and organize themselves and, like, take that form on in a solid way. Um, So it takes a lot longer to manifest here, whereas in the spirit realm – or in higher dimensions where there isn't physicality manifestation happens so fast. We just think something and it creates and uh, we have a lot of fun, but there's also not a lot of challenge at all. And believe it or not, like we actually totally want to be here. Now that's not taking away from the fact that some people 
suffer here. And I think we do get trapped here. I think we get manipulated so badly that we cycle around and this isn't where we want to be. And we get stuck in these like shitty eddies um, of consciousness. But, but overall, the whole reason that we come to physical realms is because like manifestation is a lot more challenging and you feel like way more of a badass when you master it and figure it out. Plus we have free will here which you don't have at the higher dimensions because when you're truly in a space where you're connected to everyone and you know that you are everyone and everyone is you and we're all just fragments of the same mirror, like we're like broken shards of the same mirror, um, like you, 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 it changes what you create, if that makes sense. Like you just can't operate from the same self-led motivations and that makes free will sound like it's a terrible thing, but it's not. It's like, it's, it's just, there's so much freedom in it. You, you choose things be, based on what you want to experience, which is really cool when, when it's compared to the higher realms where you know what all, you can see all of the consequences of everything. You don't get to have that limited perspective anymore. And so it takes a lot of the choices off the table for you because you can see where it's going to lead. If that makes sense. Do you, do you, do you sense that it's sort of an AB dynamic there? Like, I mean, it's binary that you can either kind of exist there and do the plan there, whatever that is, or incarnate here, or there are people who are a uh, souls rather, sorry, uh, that exist in that realm almost entirely. And like their pleasure is to create worlds. And I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, is, yeah. is that, I mean, are, are there other sort of, I mean, if we're going to use this game analogy, are there other games to be played other than incarnation and just kind of floating in, in, in the Definitely. Ether? There definitely are that I've seen. There's higher. So, like, say if you were to take the analogy of, like, continuously leveling up and up and up, there's a point where um, you just kind of get over it. Like, you've been in the physical realms. You're not really that interested in it anymore. You've you've mastered it so to speak and you want to be in the higher levels of creation where you're sort of like the dreaming mind that dreams up the whole game does that make sense that does make sense that totally does make sense and i mean like when do you know you've done i mean like it's it goes on forever you gotta keep learning keep learning but then there's that that call it's like getting called to the hall of fame right you're just like okay you did it you're a hall of famer and you don't, and you just go to this whatever the highest level of consciousness is, and it's like it's it's kind of fucking cool though, dude. Right? My question is, uh, where do these low frequency demons come from? Who are they? Why are they here? Why are they trying to fuck with my jam? Yeah. So my perspective on demons, the way that I understand it, and low frequency beings, is that I really do believe in. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about the Orion Wars and like all the draconian stuff. I don't know if the story actually unravels like that. I'm not sure. I'm not saying it doesn't. I just don't know. And I always am kind of skeptical about like when the story sounds too much like Star Wars, but it totally <laughs> so could be. Are, are you skeptical of that there are demons and low frequency people? Or what What well, part of it are you, are you uh, skeptical of the aliens and all that stuff? I'm skeptical of the way our brains create a narrative and a story to explain it. That's that's the part that I'm skeptical about. But I also totally believe that Harry Potter is a cautionary tale. Star Wars is a cautionary tale. Fucking Westworld is a cautionary tale. So I don't know. My skepticism is flexible. But 
so demons to me, what they are and low frequency beings is that it's like the ultimate rebellion against or for the keeping and maintenance of free will. So, so it's beings that they want to keep creating for themselves because the natural trajectory of all energy and consciousness is evolution higher, closer to source or closer to like unity consciousness, I guess. Um, And the closer you get to unity consciousness, the more you start creating collectively for the collective. And, but it also limits your choices that are available to you. Like I was explaining because you can see the ramifications and you know it affects you. It's it's not just that it affects somebody else. You don't give a shit. It's like everybody is you, and you are everybody. So I so- love that. I, I not. I, I'm sorry to cut you off because I think that that is the most in these times. How important what you just said is because we I've heard that said on the show before, and it's like what you're saying is collective consciousness, right? And why is that so important? Because the universe, we are all the same. We are all the universe. And where yeah. does that come into? All lives matter. And then what? Yeah. what is the psyop? That all lives matter is racist, which is once again, these low frequencies yeah. beings getting us to think what is up is really down. Yeah, they're they're totally mind fucking us to keep us divided and to keep us in that state of separation for sure because we're so easily manipulated from there. So so they you know, they they just really enjoy the feeling of basically having like absolute power. So they really are like a Sith Lord. Like they just love it. They're they're kind of addicted to it, really. Were they it's us like at current. one time though? Were they us? Were, were they like us coming down? And then I just think at some point they make it, they just, like you say, get trapped or get lost and they make a deal and then yeah, they're lost. There's, there's for sure. There's a whole bunch of um, souls that are like that, that they just, they go down that road and, and it, then it starts gaining a momentum of its own, like a reverse momentum. And it's just easier to keep getting deeper and deeper into it. Um, and, and I think though, the interesting thing is that there has to be polarity for this world to exist, for free will to exist. You have to have the polar extremes and the, the light and the dark are not separate. They are one in the same thing, split into two extremes and the dark, the presence and the purpose of the darkness from the really elevated perspective, not making excuses for it is that it anchors the whole bandwidth that allows free will to exist so that we can choose our destiny. So to speak, we can choose what to make of ourselves while we're here. If there was no darkness, there wouldn't really be a choice. I could agree. So more. in that sense, it's all the same. It's, it's all the same source, but um, that's in no way wanting to minimize the experience of people who don't want to be trapped in that and find themselves in it. I, I just fucking blow. Well, I think that that's what's going on with this homeless situation in uh, America, all these homeless people. I mean, I talk to myself all the time. So sometimes I'll be like, dude, look at that guy's talking to himself. And I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm talking to myself. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't judge anybody, but at the end of the day, it's like, see some of these guys who are real fucking broken dude. And it's like, 
I have said before, I believe there are uh, just they're 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 being possessed. Yeah, they for sure jump in when there's like when there's any opening, they for sure jump in because it's like so so demons there's demons and there's lower vibrational thought forms which don't necessarily have uh, a strong consciousness on their own but it's like if somebody just their whole life thought really negative thoughts like thought to themselves like i fucking hate people everybody's an asshole um you know this world is a piece of shit i'm a piece of shit like just thought really awful thoughts to themselves for their whole life when when they die if they die with a level of consciousness they'll bring that part of themselves with them but if they just kind of die and pass over it's almost like it's a ghost it's just like a film a leftover film of those repeating thoughts and then people who are in the vicinity in their own consciousness of thoughts like that will attract that almost as a hitchhiker but it's like it's more like a virus not to be like annoyingly tying everything together but it's more like a virus um in that sense than an actual demon because it doesn't have a life of its own it just seeks to stay alive and replicate so it has to attach to a host and then but then those things uh, attach to people pull them farther and farther down and that makes them really susceptible to like actual demons or actual you know like negative entities with an identity that really actually want to hijack your life and manipulate you and either like get you to commit suicide or get you to do terrible things and just essentially like trap your soul in a, in a And are they former spirits or are they just demon? I mean, are they just, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out what, where do the demons come from? Who are the demons? Why are there demons? Like, I I know there's gotta be good and bad, but it, it just seems such a, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, just, I can't wrap my head around the thought of something that's purposely evil. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I just, I'm just thinking like, why would they want to be demons? What happened? How'd they end up? Demon? How come some of us ascend some, and then there's these dark forces. And then there's these people who are obviously in our reality that make deals with these dark forces. Why would they make deals with these dark forces? Like, what is the purpose of that? And, that's kind of interesting to me. It's like, it, yeah, it is interesting. I think like, well, I think the story of the Luciferian rebellion is like, I don't know. That's again, one where I'm like, how literally do I take it? It's kind of like interpreting the Bible. Like, do I take it literally or is it symbolic? I don't know. I haven't figured that out, but it's the, it's that essential story. It's like a rebellion against the uh, natural trajectory of consciousness evolution, because basically, so you might hear about 5D consciousness and all that stuff. It's kind of a buzz topic right now because we are ascending to 5D consciousness, which is a more unity consciousness. It's like being able to know you're in the simulation when you're in the simulation and, and being able to see it. We're entering it now, right? Like the the age of Aquarius is supposedly the movement into 5D consciousness and the understanding of, of where we live and who we are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is that that necessarily uh, is that necessarily a good thing? Because that to me sounds a little bit more like how you described uh, the place after death where you can kind of, you know, you're aware of the consequences of creation. And you, I mean, does it become less 
uh, you know, the game, does it become less challenging in 5D consciousness? You know, yeah, it becomes less challenging. Yeah. So it's not better than 3D um, in an absolute way. It just is a, it's just the next sort of step. Okay. So it's like, if you were, if you thought that you were the avatar all the time, every time, like I'm just the avatar and you just keep freaking dying or it's like in Westworld, you just think you're the, the host and you just keep friggin' dying all the time and you can't piece your memories together. You don't really know who you are. Then you don't know your power and you don't know how to actually play within the environment yourself. So you're really limited, but that's also like that experience has its, I don't know, its benefits and adventures too. Um, but then as you evolve through 4d consciousness up into 5d consciousness and you realize it's the game, you realize that you're more than just the avatar and you start to see the patterns and you start to be able to play it with more consciousness. It just, it, in a way it becomes more fun. I think it's fun because it's new for us. I'm sure there's a point where it loses its novelty too, but I think cause it's new, it's fun. But it means more unity consciousness, so it means more deliberate creation, less selfish creation. We can still create for ourselves, but we just, like, we just can't just, like, dismiss the impact it has on other people, if that makes sense. Like, it's just an, it's just being able to understand it better, understand the the web of connection that exists between all of us better, Um, and the the pathway to 5D consciousness is through the heart. So rather than existing in your logical brain, which is super limited based on what you've already experienced in the past, and your brain is just trying to predict the future based on your past, um, really limited data, you move your consciousness down into your heart. And when you're in your heart, like if you think of somebody that you love or uh, an animal that you love or a place that you love, something like when you're really connected to that feeling, you are literally in the now moment. Like love equals now presence. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't take you into worrying or regretting about the past. Your brain might do that, but your heart doesn't. And it doesn't take you into worrying and trying to predict the future. Your brain might do that, but your heart doesn't. Your heart only exists right now. All of your emotions, all of your um, intelligence that's in your heart is exists right now. And that's the point where all of creation actually comes from. That's the place where we can actually manifest shit we want rather than regurgitating the stuff that we see around us all the time and is fed to us all the time. So it's in the heart we can do that or in the yeah. being in the moment of when of, with the feeling of love? Yeah. Well, I mean, the heart, the heart center is where we feel that love. Right. right. So that, that's the potency of it. Um, so like, so if you're making decisions based on your logic and you're, you're just logically thinking through things, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that it's limited. It's really, really limited. Um, like I said, to like, based on like what you already know, like your brain's whole function is to analyze data and then project a possible outcome and constantly be bouncing back between like the past and the future and to kind of go up ahead like a scout and look at the past and look for anything that looks familiar that sucked before or things that were really good and direct you to take that path right so it's really limited to what you've already experienced whereas the heart when you when you operate from your heart and what feels good in your heart it's 
it brings you into the present moment. So it opens up possibilities that you don't even know about and you don't even care. Like all the possibilities can come in. So the, the game opens up so much more for you, but to go through the heart, you also then have to feel unity consciousness for everyone. And it means, like I said, it means that you can create so much more efficiently, but if you are somebody that has gone deep into the darkness, like some of the humans that exist right now, uh, you do not want to go through the heart portal. You do not. You don't want to die. You don't want to reconcile your karma. You don't want to, basically you don't want to pay your tab is really what it is. Yeah. And if you go through your heart, you have to pay your tab. But but if you don't go through your heart, you you can't create. That's why they can't create. That's why they hijack us to create. That's so interesting, man. Because they can't go through the heart. They don't want to pay their tab. So they can't. Yeah, they create. don't want to. So they turn around and they swim like upstream. Cause cause the natural flow of things is through the heart. Through the heart and then up to the higher dimensions. Like we just keep going higher and higher. It's like your your daughters will learn how to walk, then they'll learn how to run, and then they'll, you know, before you know it, they'll be like getting their first jobs and learning. Dating how to SoundCloud like, rappers. That yeah, actually what exactly. you said there leads into a question I had about this. Um now, in, in the case of his daughters, I mean, there eventually is an end point. Is there an end point for this, or does it recycle? Do we start the cycle over again, or is it endless? This, the, like the, it, you said it's like a point of evolution. Is, do we evolve continuously, or do, do, at some point are we kind of reset? How does that work? Yeah, I think, well, well, we evolve continuously. And then, like, so so what I see, like, I can kind of see and understand all the dimensions of consciousness, consciousness from the zero-point field up to the 13th dimension. The zero point field is the field of all everything, all possibility, um, and it's completely uniform. It hasn't decided what it's going to be yet, but it's shaped like a torus. Do you guys know what a torus is? Yeah, like a bowl. Yeah, like a, like a donut. Oh, oh snap! Like a donut, and it cycles energy. So is uh, that kind it? Of like, like kind of like this? Is that kind of what it looks like? Like the in- yeah. I can't see what it is. Well, this is like, it's a mathematical. Are you talking about the astrological symbol for Taurus? Is that what you're saying? No, it's like a shape. It's like a a shape, like a big inner tube or a donut. But the the thing is the energy cycles through it. Does that make sense? Things like that. Kind of like an ornamental fountain. Like, okay, no, but this like the energy no. comes from the bottom and then back up out again, or it can go in the reverse order. I don't know. Um, so when we get, so that's the zero point field. When we get to the 13th um, dimension of consciousness, it's like we go through the event horizon and back into that, like the center of that Taurus and back out into something else is what, what I was shown. However, I found somebody on Instagram. Their handle is um, at angelic humanity. I'm not hundred percent certain. Like there's a lot of stuff that's really confronting for me, but there's a lot of stuff that makes a lot of sense. And they're kind of saying like the whole entire design of earth is like hijacked. <laughs> and like, maybe we do keep recycling and that's like not a cool thing. I don't know. I don't know where I land on that. I just well, that's, it. that's basically, now, I don't know about the recycling part, but that is supposed, that is what transhumanism is, is to trap us here. Yeah, the, the beat trapped it's so, here. It's so interesting. It total. It is to trap us. It's so that we like down, it like deprogram us from our evolutionary trajectory, so that we're set back 
again and easy to manipulate and program. I mean, I don't know why and they not leave it all. Easier. We're so easy to manipulate already. Like I don't understand why well, they need. I mean, like, like I think the manipulation. Is you got- mean as in can't leave because you'll live forever, right? No. Well, yeah, because like Johnny, Johnny for the longest time has, has said he wanted die. to live forever. Yeah. And I go, that sounds absolutely horrible. That it's it. like everybody you loved is gone, right? And now it's now, and then you're stuck. You're like every, you're like the I the. All, I want all the people I love to live forever. Okay, Johnny. Now, not not only now are you gonna live, but everyone you ever met's oh, gonna live wow. forever. What a leftist! No, just the people I love. <laughs> well, how? Oh. Who, who makes the list? I'd like to see are your you, list, Johnny. So you God now? You decide who lives and dies? Oh, Johnny. No, no. I don't the want the power is, to do that. I just, I, I, no, I, I just think that would be... Well, it's, I, I like... It's, it's possible that what I'm describing is what she's talking about when she says that we'll ascend to this next uh, level of awareness where we have access to our past lives. Uh, perhaps that's what I mean, you know, by sort of... I just... I, I would like... Uh, a sense of sort of continuing consciousness, you know, like uh, you remember everybody, right? But I think that's what she says happens. Well, well okay, well, then that's that good. I get what I want. But cool. Johnny goes back to like your fear of death for the longest time. You're not scared, man. So I, you not don't push back on that. Is that <laughs> well? No, I just don't. You say that like it's uh, you always throw that on me like it's uncommon. And no, then all I, the comments are like, "Who the hell's not afraid to die?" I know that, Johnny. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say right now is that. The fear of death is, in my humble opinion, programmed into us through brainwashing. Well, it's, it's damn powerful programming then. Yeah, it is because they make it seem like... I don't oh. know if it is, dude, because I can remember compre- trying to comprehend death as a little kid and being mortified. I don't think it is programmed, dude. Well, the, the idea well of- John, it's probably that you have soul trauma because we do soul have soul trauma. trauma. We carry past life trauma with us for sure. And and Earth is like not a walk in the park. It is a choose your own adventure. And we do like from so from the spirit side, when we want to come to Earth, it's kind of like in my mind, it's the same thing as like a young lad wanting to enlist as a soldier because a war is starting and he sees all his older friends and his older brother and everybody going and he can't imagine sitting at home with all the women and missing out on the action. He's got his head full of like, you know, stories of glory and heroism. And then he, he sneaks in and he gets there and he's like, I just want my mom Yeah, make it end. Right. It's like, that's what life on earth is like. That is incredible. You probably carry soul trauma where for you, it's like you've probably been through some lives where you were like, like you ripped apart from the people you love. And that that's what has been encoded in you about death. It's like a a finality, a termination of relationships that are important to you and everything that you've built and created. And so like, it's not just, it's not just you in this life that is afraid of it. It's like what you've already been through and just being traumatized by well, that. Well, to me, it also feels like attempting to comprehend the paradox. You know, it's like trying to imagine infinity. Trying no, to imagine, oh, yeah. Like, As a kid, I used to do that. I'd be like, that's what I mean, keep, though. No, don't. Okay, I'm done. I can't go any farther. <laughs> that's what infinity. it feels like. To, that's what I'm trying to describe. Yeah. Is, I call it mortified. And that's perhaps not the right, quite the right term. But to, 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 but, and maybe it's just because it's, I, I, my, I'm rebelling against it because I know it's not. Not the nature of reality, but the idea of non-existence to me is is impossible to comprehend. I guess that's what I really had difficult difficulty. Right. With. I just I like I just think that they've been they've been scaring us about death, and it might be 
it's maybe it's Johnny. It's not you that uh, you know when you're a kid. You're like, oh, I'm afraid of death, or you know, or I can't understand death. Maybe that's because there was a death somewhere in the family. Your your family had a weird reaction to it, and that even though you might not know it, you had a you. Well, I mean, I mean, it's you? it's so common that there's a it's called existential dread. Every, I mean, most human beings have it. I would say not this human being. Oh, that's yeah, that's just weird, man. That's weird. You're, <laughs> no, you're I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Up until recently, <laughs> yeah, I did do that. And then when my children were born, I went through it again. The thought of like leaving them is like I got very dreadful of that. So you're not scared of dying. You're scared of leaving them. Yeah, that's well, really that's, a whole, that's, why everybody that's a whole different thing. No, yeah, I, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not afraid of death. I'm just would be incredibly sad if I left. Well, what them about too I've early. heard people who said they're not afraid of death, but they're afraid of dying. Are you not afraid of some long illness, a protracted illness? I or? mean, nobody wants. I mean, nobody wants a super painful death. Obviously. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, but that, maybe that's, that's, that's part of what thing, we're obviously. here to learn, Johnny. I mean, like, I don't wish that on anybody, but is it possible? I mean, she, when she talks about her son, that was what he was here to go through sorry you brought my name up and i came back in but i've got to i gotta pee like so oh, oh i love that johnny's hobbled and had to come defend himself <laughs> i just think it's so interesting and, and things like this you know like this is like if you don't listen to zero these are the conversations that we have on there uh because for me man it's like all this chaos in the world is like i would have really i have friends of mine that this election has profoundly affected like they 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 were ride or dies for it though yeah and it just it didn't it didn't go the way they thought or it did go the way they thought either way i have people that are overjoyed with it that people super sad about it and it's just like there's people who stop talking their family members because of this election i'm just like Dude, the people involved have all just moved on with their life. I, I, I guarantee Trump is like playing golf somewhere. It's just like, it's just the way it is, man. It's just like, that's what they do. Like Twitter does it. Instagram does it. Facebook does it. They're programmed to, to just steal your energy, man. And to get involved in these fucking wars, man. Like the I, I have friends in my life that are some of the nicest loving people. But man, I've never seen anybody just become so close-minded to stuff. And it's all based on politics and like their view of the world. I'm just like, I mean, dude, how's it affect you? You know, how's it affect you? And like, it just blows my mind. And like, when you hear these things, these are the things that go, dude, none of it matters right now. Because you know what? I was told that you know, we're not going to be able to buy meat. Murder hornets are coming. <laughs> China is in Canada. Do you know that? that down here, everyone's talking about there's Chinese troops all over Canada right now. Uh, that's what <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any of them. But I do definitely think that our government is up to deeply shady shit. Well, I, I think without a doubt that Trudeau has been elected through some sort of fucking voter fraud like programming because I was up there and like everybody hated that guy. And he's like, and he's went through all the blackface stuff and all this crazy, all of his friends are getting arrested for pedophilia. And it's like, he won re-election. You're like, how does that even pop? I mean, I understand old people just want to do whatever they want to do. And that's coming from a guy who's slowly entering old people land. Right. But it's like, 
It's like doesn't make any sense. Now, now that you say it looks like Canada was a trial run for us. I mean, Canada, it's very interesting because if you hear like people really into conspiracies, they're like, we're two weeks away from being China. And I'm like, dude, there is a big, big journey between what America is and and China. It's yeah, like we gotta go through Canada. We gotta go through. I mean, in terms of like the systems, we've been and, two weeks away for like a decade now, too. If you listen to those, <laughs> right, people. right. And then the guy you met, who I forget who they were talking about. They were talking about like, oh yeah, it's like as much as Brian Callen shit father got shit on the podcast. He did say something I thought, and which was, you know, today it's China. 20 years ago, it was Japan was coming to steal everything and ruin every, and then it's Russia. And then it's just, they just move it all around. It's just, where are you going, Johnny? I, Johnny just came right in, came right back out. So if people want to contact you, uh, where should they go? And like, what services do you offer, Amy? Because I feel like, I know for me, this, this has really resonated with me, this episode. And I'm, I'm hoping that, I know the listeners, and I think they're gonna, this is definitely going to resonate with them. Like, like, what services do you offer that maybe they could come and find you and kind of you can help them on their journey to their Akashic Records? And I believe, like, Akashic Records looks like the Amoeba Records out here where it's all like a cool record store and they're just <laughs> all your favorite used records are all around, you know? Some for sale. Have some for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discount bin. <laughs> you find my album. Yeah, they can find me at, I think, like, the easiest place to find me is um, Instagram, which my handle is uh, thenorthstar.love. But I also have a Facebook group where I'm pretty active called Soul Space, where I do a lot of uh, free, like, I just hop on live when I feel like it and go on a motivational rant about how magic we all are and how psychic we all are and powerful and all that stuff and like how to start accessing that. And then I run a whole bunch of different programs and I honestly just do whatever I feel like doing. So right now I'm, um, I'm just starting a course on tarot for intuitive development uh, and then I'll run one on like learning how to read the Akashic records. I just, so I can't really give you like, I can't peg you down the courses I do because I just do what I want to uh, do. I love it. That's um, what you should do. That's the whole yeah. point of this whole thing. <laughs> it feels better that thing. way. Uh, but I also offer Akashic readings and uh, like at various different price points and different structures to try and be accessible for most people. And then I do, um, for people that really like they know that they're intuitive or they have some like sense of that, but they really, really want to cultivate it and activate it like on hyperspeed. I do a uh, psychic activation mentorship. So it's just like, I use your Akashic records to get the specific guidance on what you specifically need to do to like accelerate your consciousness and bring your own inherent gifts to the forefront. Um, because for me, like that, that's just the most, that's the best part of life is like remembering and realizing how powerful I am. And that like, it never, there's never a point where I'm like, wow, I think I've like tapped the bottom of the barrel of my power. And it's just, there's just nowhere to go from here. It's like, there's always more of you to experience. There's always more of you available to be experienced and discovered. You're like an infinite, never ending mystery. Like you will never get to the bottom of 
the infinity that is you. And we're so much more powerful than we've been allowed to know. So much more. I got one one quick question. How do you do an Akashic reading? Is it like a psychic reading, a tarot card reading? Can they do it over Zoom? Yeah, I do them all over Zoom. Um, And then, so I have one that is like a tarot and Akashic reading. But my favorite ones, the ones that I started out with are like, I treat it like a Google search for your soul. So it's kind of like a Q&A. Like you come with the questions that you want to ask, the things that are important to you, rather than me just going in, because I'll get information, but you might come away feeling like, well, I don't really care about that, though. What I really wanted to know was this. So I kind of put it up to the the people who come and book in with me to like figure out what they want to know and, and ask me, and I'll go into their cash records and find the answers. I love it. Let me ask you something. What percentage of your Facebook group are men and what percentage are women? Most of them are women. Um, I'm, I have a handful of men. I do hear, I also have male listeners to my podcast and they'll reach out and let me know. But I keep trying to get dudes to come on and do interviews with me on my podcast. I've only had one who has and he's coming back on. I'm doing another interview with him tomorrow. But like, <clears throat> I don't know. Guys, guys just don't seem to want to like talk about this stuff as much from their experience perspectives. So, I mean, if I wonder any of what your that is, are, I wonder if, if what any that of your li- dude listeners or female ones, I honestly don't care if you're like, Oh, I've been having some crazy experiences and I'd love to share. Like you can be at the very beginning of your awakening. You can be like a pro anywhere in between. I don't care. I just want to like, share people's conversations and the cool shit that we experience and normalize it. Because for me, I felt like a crazy person for like at least 12 years of my life for no reason. (laughs) Well, uh, is your husband into all this stuff? He is. He was actually more into it when we met than I was because I was in like the medical field. So I was in my left brain and he was more into this. And then after our son died, like he had the wherewithal to like, we went to kind of a, a crystal store, like around the corner from the hospital he was at and he bought some crystals and like smudged everything and just tried to make it as beautiful and personal of a process as possible. Um, when he passed away and then, but then after that, like he's, he's just been pissed at the universe. So (laughs) he's kind of like shut himself off from his gifts. Like he still acknowledges them, but he's just like, yeah, still kind of mad. mad. Okay. Final question. Uh, can we all guess what room she's in right now? Uh, (laughs) it somewhat looks like it could be a bathtub. Like she's just in the corner of the shower because the acoustics. Yeah. She could be in a room in which she teaches dojo karate and stuff like that. Maybe a studio. It could be a studio. Be a, no, what? this looks like it looks like one of those things that people oh. put up to change clothes behind. The That's Japanese, the, the yeah, Japanese some Japanese shit. shit. China shit. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is it some yeah. Japanese shit? It's one of those because I'll tell you on the other side. So I'm in the office. My desk is really nice. My husband's desk is behind. <laughs> Not really nice. Uh, just throwing him under the bus. As long as you have one person clean. When you have two people messy, not good. Not no good at no. all. Amy, We're doing a lot better, though. We've we've settled on a weekly cleaning date. And I we, think that's we, great. We've been crushing it. It's been great. I think that's great. Cleansing the... I like me now is like I now make sure I do my bed every day. I know that sounds like stupid, but 
I think I, it matters. J- Johnny does it. That shit matters. I can tell you, no, Johnny I'm does not, it. I I'm do not, it every day. I'm you not, do you yeah. do your bed every, every day. day. I I'm wake probably, up. I just I I'm just, a mess. No, I'm a mess. I'm a. I, I can be messy too. But then I, feel I better saw though. messiness. And I'm like, I don't want to be this messy anymore. You know. So I, I am trying my best to clean up. I, I believe this or not, everybody, I'm not very detail oriented. Okay, <laughs> I just kind of do a drive by in life, you know. So, but I have to uh, focus more on that. Okay, Amy, this is Amy Bel Air. She came, she saw, she kicked that. There's something about Canadian Bel Airs; they always have wonderful conversations. You should, <laughs> you should hook up with Matt Bel Air. He was a great, he was great on this show as well. He's out of Toronto, man, and uh, I really loved having a conversation with him. You got, he's more of a, he like, he's like the super athlete that goes like to crazy parts of the world and trains. But it was a fun conversation with him as well. Uh, Amy, one more time, can you please tell them where they can find you? Um, uh, so you can find my podcast Third Eye Awakening anywhere that you find podcasts pretty much all the major places um, you can find me on Instagram at thenorthstar.love and you can look me up on in, on Facebook I'm Amy Melissa but I don't hardly ever post anything there I just have my Facebook group Soul Space which is a um, much more active place to be boom winner winner chicken dinner Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I know everybody here thoroughly enjoyed the show, and I look forward to you coming back uh, down the line, making a run at the at the Mount Everest. Got to be honest with you, that was a wonderful. I know that moment is Mount Everest on the show that when you describe what you went through. So we appreciate you being brave enough to come on and share with us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon, guys. We love you all very much. Thank you guys so much, Johnny. Thank you. Uh, Xavier Guerrero, thank you. And uh, we, I love you all, Swarm, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for your support. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's- you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.